Hi everyone, I'm Liam Sanyo from Inside Scientific, your favorite online source for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content helping you do your best work. This episode of Expert Answers features Dr. Jack Vandenhavel, Professor of Veterinary and Biomedical Sciences at Penn State University, who recently joined us for a webinar where he discusses the use of cell-based reporter assays for nuclear receptor profiling to efficiently prioritize drug candidates and minimize off-target effects. Let's jump right in. So we'll start off with a great question here. So how do in silico methods complement or compete with this type of cell-based screening? I would say they definitely complement. They don't compete, at least not at, at this stage. So the in silico methods, uh, things uh, like uh, computational models, docking models, some machine learning types of approaches, all of these I, I think have applications for trying to narrow down the types of, of chemicals that are interacting with a particular target. Uh, it's particularly useful when you're looking at a single target and a wide variety of different chemicals. So in that regard, I think they, they help streamline the, the drug discovery process. Where the information is kind of lacking or where I have less confidence is thinking this uh, uh, some of these in silico models as being a prospective screen. So if you have a compound and you're asking the question, does this interact with a particular target, some unknown chemical, and just using purely in silico methods, I would say that, that uh, the predictability is not high. So there has been some work done on specific pharmacophores and roughly uh, anywhere from 10% to 70% of the compounds that were predicted to interact using in silico and docking methods actually turned out to interact with that particular target. Fantastic. Great answer. Another good question here. So what are the advantages of a drug with multiple targets versus given two drugs each with their own target? Yeah, I, I like that question. That, that uh, is very interesting. If you're talking one drug and let's say it has two different targets that it, that it interacts with versus taking two drugs that each interact with those same targets. So you may be able to, to play with some of the doses to hit those two targets if you have two different drugs. But then you also have to counter that with the fact that you have two different drugs that you're giving with different pharmacokinetics, different ability to get to the, the target site. So it becomes more of, a, of an issue of trying to manage once you get into the in vivo situation. Whereas if you have polypharmacology, it's one drug, one pharmacokinetics for that one drug, and then multiple effects. Excellent. All right, and here's a nice timely question considering the changes to the uh, FDA Modernization Act, but uh, could these assays potentially eliminate animal or preclinical studies? Boy, I wish, but I think that we're a little ways off from that. So what the idea is, is you certainly can decrease the number of animals that are required. We can screen for activity within animal models using animal targets instead of actually using the animals themselves. We can uh, predict some adverse outcomes using these uh, in vitro assays without having to go to an animal study but we're not able to cover all the adverse outcomes. So cancer, for example, we can't screen for that very well right now using in vitro systems, teratogenicity, uh, some other fibrosis, 
these things are too complicated for us to be able to use our cell-based assays, use cell, cell culture model systems. But hopefully over time, we're gonna be able to get to that point. Fantastic. How do you see you know, the use of cell-based reporter assays and nuclear receptor profile changing in the next five or 10 years? I think uh, it's probably going to uh, continue to advance as far as being able to uh, add high throughput capabilities. It may also be improved through what's called precision medicine. So instead of looking at everyone's, assuming everyone's estrogen receptor is the same, look at different genetic variation within the estrogen receptor, or even looking at mutations within a receptor and say, is, does this mutation have the same pharmacologic profile as the wild, wild type? We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expert Answers and that you'll tune into future episodes where researchers just like you answer questions about their work and share science. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next time.